Welcome to the Juno Report, brought to you by Guide Dog Users Incorporated, a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. The Juno Report is a monthly audio magazine featuring all things guide dogs, training programs, and items of general interest to guide dog teams. We welcome your feedback, ideas, and suggestions. Get in touch with the Juno Report by emailing junoreport at guidedogusersinc.org. Again, that email address is juno, J-U-N-O, report at guidedogusersinc.org. I love my dog, baby, I love my dog. Na, 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 I said I love my dog, baby, I love my dog. And now, let's get on with today's program of the Juno Report. And welcome to the May edition of the Juno Report. I'm your host, Deb Cook-Lewis. We have a fascinating uh, adventure to have today together, and I, th- I hope you will enjoy this as much as I did. If you enjoy it half as much as I did, we'll actually have success, right? <laughs> uh, so this is um, a presentation uh, that was made from the Animal Medical Center of New York, Dr. Lalani Alvarez, who is uh, one of the uh, staff that there, did this presentation, and it's a great presentation on exercising with your dog. During this time of uh, COVID-19 and and being cooped up and everything, our dogs need more exercise. And of course, guide dogs are really used to getting exercise, and they're not getting as much right now. So she um, offers some great tips in this uh, YouTube video on um, exercising with your dog. Now, she does a pretty good job of describing these, but... um, I think if you listen carefully and um, kind of listen to kind of all the follow-up, um, you will pretty well be able to follow them. My dog and I have been doing it, and uh, she is enjoying this a lot. So let's listen now to uh, Dr. Alvarez and uh, her presentation on uh, exercising with your dog. What we're going to review today is exercises and conditioning for your dog that you can do at home without any specialized equipment. It is intended for healthy dogs. So if you have any dogs that have a musculoskeletal injury, so um, whether that be, let's say, a torn ACL or they have arthritis or they're recovering from any type of medical condition, um, please consult with your veterinarian before you do the things that I teach you today. Uh, what I'm going to go through today is intended for a young, healthy, active dog. Uh, but certainly, this is meant to be very flexible and open. You are welcome to follow along with us with your dog at home as I'm teaching you these exercises, or um, just take notes, and then you can try it later with your dog. A few important things, if you are going to be doing this with your dog either right now while we're going through this live, or if you do it later, a few uh, pieces of advice for you. Number one, uh, make sure that you do it only on traction flooring. So that would mean something like carpet, uh, or if you have access to outdoor space, grass, cement would be fine. 
Do not do it on a hardwood floor, ceramic floor, anything that is slippery. You could predispose your dog to an injury, and we don't want that to happen. So only do these exercises on a non-slippery surface. I, I'm going to be demonstrating it on a yoga mat, um, and I really like yoga mats because they're sticky uh, and they're soft, um, so it's particularly good for um, strengthening exercises. In addition, uh, really key for anything that I ever do with any of my rehabilitation patients, which is that you want to keep it positive. Everything that we're going to be doing today, you're going to see my dog is very excited to do it. And that is how you always want to interact with your dog when you're teaching them something new. It should be fun and exciting for them. So don't force them if they're giving you some hesitation and you'll even see it with my dog uh, in the videos. There's some things that he was you know, scared about or it's something brand new. So you just back off. You always keep it positive. Very important. Uh, also, you want to reward the activity, uh, so have some really yummy treats available. Uh, I don't want to cause any tummy upset for your dog, so choose treats that you have already given to your dog previously and you know that they tolerate. Um, we don't want to have any diarrhea accidents at home. Um, and generally, I like to choose things that are small because you're going to be doing a lot of rewarding. Um, so you'll see when I demonstrate this with my dog, I have a little biscuit, but I broke it up into tiny little pieces. Um, they also have training treats. Those are already manufactured to be very small, so you could use that. Um, if your dog is a little bit more hesitant to do some exercises, you could go for higher reward treats like a little bit of fresh chicken or um, you know something that's very light and digestible. So fresh chicken or even turkey, that would be fine. That would be considered a high reward treat. Uh, also, for some of the exercises where you want your dog to hold a posture, you can use a type of reward where your dog is needing to lick because that takes a little bit longer for them and actually is quite gratifying for them to lick. So very positive, a lot of positive reinforcement. So you could use a Kong with some peanut butter in it, for example, can work very nicely. Or sometimes I'll even have people freeze some chicken broth and then feed it to them like a popsicle. So just some ideas about different ways that you can have a lot of positive reinforcement while you're reviewing um, the exercises. So with that said, I think we have majority of our participants joined in by now. So I'm going to be reviewing five different strengthening exercises for your dog. And the first exercise is going to be a sit to stand exercise. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here with you to switch over to the video. We'll watch the video and then we'll come back to me and give you an opportunity to ask questions about that particular exercise, okay? So here we go with our first exercise. The first exercise I'm going to show you is called the sit to stand exercise. This exercise is excellent for building high limb strength. It's kind of like people doing squats, okay? So we're going to start, if your dog doesn't know to sit already, Charlie knows this trick, um, but you can begin by holding the treat above the nose and then putting pressure over the lower back and simultaneously push the butt down as you pull the treat up and that'll make most dogs sit. Okay, come here, Charlie. Let's show off your sit to stand. Come over here. So we're asking them to sit. Immediately reward when they do the behavior that you want them to do in a verbal command like yes works very nicely too. Now I want him to stand, so I'm gonna move it away from his nose. Come, yes, sit, yes, come, sit, come, 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 yes, sit.
really important that you have the correct form. You basically should not see the toes sticking out from either side. You also want to make sure that you repeatedly go from a sit to a stand because if they rest too long in between the exercise, the muscle relaxes and you don't get the strength out of it. So I'm going to show you again from a rear view. The boy, sit, come, sit, come, yes, sit, come, sit, come, sit, come. Good. So about three to five repetitions consecutively will make for a wonderful strengthening exercise. You can do that twice a day with your dog to build both the quadriceps, which is the muscle in front of the leg, and the hamstrings, which is the muscle behind the leg. Great. So that was sit to stand. I'm just going to make a couple of comments before I uh, take any questions. So you'll notice that when I was doing this exercise with Charlie, a couple of pieces of advice for you whenever you're teaching a new exercise to your dog um, is four different things to keep in mind. Number one is be consistent in the verbal command that you're using. So I was saying sit stand, sit, stand, or come, you always want to use the same word because your dog is going to associate that verbal command. Also, your hand gestures are extremely important. Your dog is very much paying attention to what you're doing with your hands. So that's why I was talking about pulling the treat away from their nose. That makes them look up and naturally they're more likely to sit down. Um, so pay attention to what you're doing with your hand. The timing of when you give that treat is very important. As soon as they do the behavior or they begin to do the behavior that you're looking for, that's the time to give the reward. Don't wait. Um, and then I like to give an immediate sound um, reinforcement when they've accomplished what you want them to do. So I like the verbal command, yes, because it's short. And uh, I don't like saying like good boy or good girl because they hear that other times. So choose something that you're only doing during the exercise session. So be consistent about the words that you're using. Um, make sure that you're paying attention to your hand gestures. Time your reward immediately when they perform the behavior that you want. And the other thing I would say is repetitions are very important, both in training, um, so repeat it over and over again, but also for it to be a true exercise, the dog needs to perform the exercise over and over again. Just like when you go to the gym, if you did one squat, that's not going to be very useful for building, you know, your legs and your, and your butt muscles. You really need to do several repetitions in a row. So that's very important. Okay. I would say so the first question is how many reps are suggested? If your dog has done exercises before, uh, say like this one that I started with, a lot of dogs know how to sit. So they're quite comfortable doing that. Uh, you could start with five. If they've never done an exercise before, I never do more than three to start with. So it really depends on your dog's level of condition and how able they are to perform the exercise. We're going to be showing you some that I'm pretty sure your dogs have never done before. And when it's something brand new, start with three. If they're a little bit familiar with it, start with five. I generally wouldn't go for a new exercise that you're doing consecutively, one right after the other, more than five consecutive. But you can build on that. So every day or every week, you can add one more repetition. Uh, and that makes it 
more challenging for them. The way that muscles build strength is by fatiguing. So that's why it's so important to do multiple repetitions. If you only do it once and you rest for too long, the muscle relaxes. So it's very important that you immediately challenge that muscle. That's how you actually get hypertrophy and strength of the muscle. Um, should it be done the same time of the day? Ideally, yes. Uh, it's kind of like for you and I, when you get into an exercise routine, if you go to the gym at let's say six o'clock every day or three times a week, you're more likely to keep with that routine because you have a set schedule. So if at all possible, particularly when you're home now, if you can set a schedule for yourself, it actually helps you mentally, but it helps your dog mentally also to have a routine. And I guarantee you, because this is so positive, they are going to look forward to this time and they're probably going to wake you up and say, hey, mom or dad, Time to start our exercise routine. So I do recommend um, the same time of the day is fantastic. Another thing for strengthening exercises, just as in people, make sure that you give your dog a rest day, one to two days per week. So this is not intended to be a, a seven days a week exercise routine. You can do it twice a day or even three times a day, but make sure you always give them at least one day of full rest. Uh, another question. Should we treat uh, for the sit and then treat for the stand? Yes, especially if your dog doesn't know to stand. Most dogs sit because that's something we've trained them, but they're not used to standing up. So especially as you're training this as an exercise, you need to reward the full exercise, which is a sit to stand. That's the full squat. Um, so yes, I would reward both until they learn it. And then you can just use the verbal command and then they should be able to do it. And then I usually only reward at the end of the five repetitions, for example. All right. Um, uh, there's a question about somebody that has a dog with arthritis and the sit can be difficult. Yeah. So if your dog has arthritis and it's difficult for them to sit, this is not an appropriate exercise for them. What's a good reward? Uh, don't want to overwhelm with treats. Very good question. You don't want them to get fat for the exercise, you know, for the workout. Um, I really use the treats to train them so they learn what to do. And then once they learn it, it's so fun for them, you actually don't need to give treats anymore. But I recommend a low calorie treat. A uh, really easy one is Charlie Bears. Charlie Bears are just three kilocalories per treat. They almost look like, um, like the little crackers that you put, the oyster crackers, and you can even break those up really tiny. So it's very, very small amount of calories. Uh, and again, just use it for the initial training. And then after that, you can not give a treat until the very end of your session. Um, does the age of your pet matter? Uh, not necessarily. Age is not a disease. And so if you have an older dog that is fit and healthy, you can absolutely try these exercises. Just keep in mind, again, if you know your dog has arthritis or any other conditions, check with your veterinarian first. Um, can you use clickers? I love clickers. So I was using the verbal command yes when Charlie was doing the exercise correctly, but you could also click instead of saying yes, and it works beautifully. It's, it's also very rapid response, um, and your dog definitely will associate that with like, oh, some, there was this noise, and then I got a treat, and so they very quickly associate that with I did something correctly. So I absolutely love clickers. Um, if you have a pack of dogs, is there a way to get everyone to do these exercises simultaneously to save some time? Oh, man, I love it. Uh, yeah, you can do group exercise class for dogs 100%. What I would say that would make a group exercise class for dogs more successful is train them individually. 
so that they know what to do. And then you can absolutely do it with a group of dogs together. So I'm going to go ahead and go into our next exercise, which is a down to stand exercise. So let's go ahead and watch that video. The next exercise we're going to learn today is going to be a down to stand exercise. This is kind of like when we do push-ups. It's a great core strengthening exercise and also strengthens all of the limbs that are involved in that push-up exercise. So if your dog does not know this trick already, they can stand in a stand, start in a standing position and then you're just going to take your hand flat and use the verbal command down. Okay, and you may need to encourage them to push down and that he's, he's getting very excited about this treat now. <laughs> um, but if they're not physically doing it, you can gently guide their body into that down position, okay? Uh, and as we spoke about before, it's very important you do consecutive repetitions when they go from that down to that stand position. So we're gonna try to demonstrate that with Charlie now. Good boy, Charlie. Ready, sit, down. Good boy, come, come, yes, down, yes. Yes, down, good, come, yes, all the way, up, down, good, up, yes, down, good, up, good. Ideally, you want them to stand all the way than just from the sit, but even just doing a half a push-up is a beneficial exercise. So let's aim for three to five repetitions to do your push-up exercise, which is great for core strengthening and strengthening all the limbs involved. Great job. Super. So I love that exercise. Just as in people, a push-up or a down-to-stand is a full-body exercise. It really engages the core, uh, and it also provides full range of motion of all the major joints. So they get uh, flexion extension um, of their elbow, their shoulders, uh, and all of the joints in the back legs. Uh, so very, very full body exercise. And when you do them repeatedly, they'll also get a little bit of cardio workout from it, just like in people. Uh, uh, my dog knew how to go from a to, to down position, but as you saw, going up to a full stand, they'll, they'll often sit in between. So that's like in people, when you do a half push-up, your knees are down and you're only moving the front part of your body. And that is an accommodation that we recommend if you are not very strong and can't do a full push-up, you can do a half push-up. So for a dog, that would be they're in a sit position. You command them to go down and then they come back up and they're seated the whole time. If your dog is more fit uh, and if you're able to successfully train them, the full down to stand where all four limbs are, are rising and then all four limbs are coming down is more challenging. Uh, it's going to engage the core more and, of course, works out the hind legs, whereas if they're staying sitting, it doesn't really work out the hind legs as much. Can we have our dogs do multiple exercises in one session? For example, squats and push-ups. 100%. In fact, what I had in mind when I prepared this for you guys today is the five exercises that we're reviewing today, you can do all in a row. And that will turn out to be approximately a 20 minute workout for your dog, which is like for you and I, if we went to the gym, it will be a cardiovascular exercise. Uh, but these, all the exercises that I designed for you today are strengthening exercises. So they're going to build muscle and improve range of motion. Another question here, our dog will only go to down on a soft thing like a bed. Is this beneficial even against a soft surface? Yes, it is. Just keep in mind that they're not slipping because we want them to have a good grip on their feet as they're going into that rise and the down. So we don't want their 
uh, legs to be shifting. So as long as that soft surface is not causing them to slide, then it would be okay. Let's go ahead and do our next exercise. This is getting a lot more challenging. As we're moving through here, we're gonna increase the level of challenge. Our next exercise is one that you may have done yourself if you're uh, into yoga, but it's a three-leg stand where the dog is gonna raise one of their legs. So let's go ahead and watch the three-leg stand. Okay, guys, next exercise we're gonna learn is a three-leg stand. This can be a little bit challenging to teach a dog, but basically you want him to give you the paw, and you can start by training the exercise give paw, which Charlie knows. And then we're gonna incorporate that give paw command while they're standing, good boy, in order for him to wait there on just three legs, which is a wonderful strengthening exercise for the remaining legs that are standing. So let's give this a go. Come here, Charlie. I'll try to show you maybe sideways so you can see what we're doing. Um, one way that you can keep them standing is put one hand underneath their belly to keep them standing. Okay, come here, Charlie. Come here, come here. Good boy. Good boy. Come. Give paw. Stand. Stand. Yes. Give paw. Stand. Give paw. Stand. 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 Okay, so this is gonna take a little bit more training. Good boy. Nope, we gotta stand. Stand, stand, come. Yes. Okay, now give paw. Yes, you got it, Charlie. All right, good. And then we lay it down and then give paw. Yes, good. And then give paw. Yes. So you see that was three repetitions in a row. We can even go for another one because he got it now. Yes, good job. So now he's standing as we are rewarding him. You could also do the con with the peanut butter for a longer hold time. Just make sure you do minimum of three repetitions. This is a great core exercise and strengthening for the remaining limbs. Great job, guys. Super. Uh, so you got a chance to witness what it's like when a dog doesn't know an exercise. So Charlie was very familiar with giving paw, but training him to remain standing while he's giving the paw was something brand new for him. And that's okay. So keep with the tidbits that I told you, which is use a consistent verbal command, do lots of repetitions, keep it very positive. The timing of the, your, of your reward is very important. Um, so, oh, I got a very nice, some really nice comments here saying, good boy, Charlie. Yeah, he's a good boy. <laughs> he's actually a very nervous dog, um, but he loves to eat. So this is, I'm hoping that you're going to experience this with your dogs at home too, is dogs really like to please you. So when you teach them something new and they know that they did it correctly, it, it's even more rewarding for them than a treat that they can eat. Um, and that's how it is for Charlie when he does these exercise routines with me. I have a question. It's, do you lift his paw for him to understand what you want? It's a really good question. Sometimes in the initial stages of training, you do need to manually assist them to do that. Um, I'm not a big fan in rehabilitation. Let's say for my patients in my department that come in um, for rehabilitation for a condition, it's always better when a dog initiates the activity on their own because if a dog is hurting, for example, or something's not comfortable, they won't do that voluntarily. But if you force them to move, 
um, then sometimes you can inadvertently injure them. So yes, yeah, sometimes um, as I was talking about, for example, with the down to stand or even the sit, you can guide the movement into it. And then as soon as they initiate the movement, that's when you give the reward, again, the timing of the reward. So yes, it's okay in the beginning to lift their legs so they get the idea that that's what you want them to do. But use as little assistance as possible. And as soon as they initiate the behavior, they initiate the movement, you reward it. Uh, and then you ask them again. Again, a lot of repetition, a lot of consistency. And as they get it more and more, you get more and more excited about the reward, your verbal reward, and also the, the treat that you give. And in fact, sometimes for a very difficult exercise, you can upgrade your uh, reward. So whereas I may be using biscuits, um, if they're doing something really challenging, I might pull out the fresh chicken, for example. Uh, okay, can you go around with each leg at a time? Oh, I love this question from Joe. Uh, absolutely. Uh, that's exactly what I want you to do with this exercise is make sure that you go around and lift each of the legs, uh, not at the same time, obviously. Um, but because when you lift one of the legs, it's working out the remaining standing legs. So you can alternate between lifting one front leg, do a minimum of three repetitions, again, so that it's a good strengthening exercise for those muscles, then switch to the opposing front leg, do minimum three repetitions, and then you can do the back legs. And for the back legs, you want to position your hand in front of their knee, so right under their belly, in front of their upper thigh. That's where you want to position your hand. And then you want to draw the hand back so that their leg is facing towards their tail. It's almost like a ballerina move because you don't want to just lift the foot underneath you. Then they'll just put weight through your hand. Um, so you want to lift the foot back. Um, and if you have a question about, I actually have a, instructional video about how to lift the rear leg in one of our YouTube channels for our rehab department. Um, but yes, I definitely recommend doing this exercise with each of the four individual limbs. And if you really want to make it challenging, you can do what's called a cross leg stand, where you elevate, let's say, the left front leg, and then simultaneously lift the right hind leg. So now they're only standing on two legs. And that's really, really challenging. So start with only one leg at a time. But once you've mastered that, you can move into a cross-leg stand. Um, and that is a super challenging core-strengthening exercise. And keep in mind in dogs in particular, and this is true in people, core is not just your abdomen. Core is your back muscles. So really, really important if you have a dog that might be predisposed to disc disease, like the dachshund, there was a question earlier, the more you work out and strengthen the core, which is the abdominal muscles, but also the back muscles, you can really protect your dog from all sorts of injuries. And this is true for any breed. Um, so this three-leg exercise, the down-to-stand exercise, really great for the core uh, and can really help prevent other injuries from occurring. Um, the other question was, um, do you hold the lift for a certain count, like five or 10, or is it just reps? No, it's both. So how long you hold will also involve how much strengthening you get out of the muscle. Initially, when you train it, your dog may be uncomfortable standing on three legs. So I don't worry too much about the whole time, but I still do the repetitions. But as they get the exercise, yes, I recommend holding for five seconds to start and then work your way up to 10 seconds. And some dogs can hold a position for a full minute or even two minutes. Think about when you hold a plank, for example. Like most people's 
tolerance is a minute, but two minutes is like you're really, you know, you're really buff if you can hold a, a plank for two minutes. So same for your dog. As they get more fit and more conditioned, you can hold the posture longer. It's called an isometric hold. Uh, and that means that your muscle is holding static. So it's contracting, but they're not moving. And it's actually very hard. It's a lot of work for the muscle and a wonderful and safe way to build strength in a muscle. So how you get more strength is both building on how long they hold the position and then adding more repetition. So those the combination of those two, how long you hold the contraction and how many times you repeat the exercise is how you gain strength. Can you do with the back lids if they know target, for example? Oh my gosh, if your dog knows target, it's that's amazing because then you don't have to lift that leg for them. And in fact, they could target with the front leg. So if your dog knows the command to target, they can target it and make them hold that target. And you can do that with the rear leg or the front leg. So that way you're not holding up their paw. And that's, that's actually ideal if your dog is able to do that. That's the best way to do this exercise for sure. So let's go on to our next exercise, which is uh, backing up or walking backwards. Uh, probably most dogs have not done this before. So you'll witness Charlie. Charlie had also never done this before. So let's go ahead and show um, this exercise. Another new exercise we taught Charlie today is called backing up or walking backwards. It's a great exercise for all the muscles on the back of the leg. So the calf, the hamstrings, and the gluteal muscles. I'm gonna show you this exercise. You wanna keep the reward at their nose level and push them backwards as they're walking backwards and reward them when they actually walk backwards, okay? Ready, come, back up, back up, back up. Yes, Charlie, yes, back up, back up, back up. Good, let's do that again. Ready? Back up, 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 back up. Yes. Okay, let's do a third repetition. Ready? Back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Yes, back up, back up. Excellent. Okay, so you may have noticed Charlie's kind of going a little bit sideways there for a little bit. He's a little bit confused about what he was supposed to do. Uh, but key ways to make this exercise successful when you're training it <clears throat> is that you keep that treat at nose level. So don't elevate it because then they're going to raise their head and it's harder for them to back up. You always want to keep a neutral spine so that the back is pretty much in line with their head. So hold that treat um, kind of down at your belly level um, or depending on the size of your dog, of course, uh, and then guide them to move backwards. Um, this is considered what we call an eccentric exercise, which is particularly good for strengthening of a muscle. Um, so you may have learned this at the gym yourself, um, that eccentric exercises of what that means means is the muscle is lengthening as it's contracting and walking backwards is considered an eccentric exercise so again it's kind of taking it that next level for your elite uh, athlete um, and it's just walking backwards but if you get them to do this on a routine basis it's really going to help build their musculature and again when done on a regular basis helps with injury protection when I was first training Charlie with this I am letting him eat that treat as soon as he's taking that step backwards so again um, this goes for any new exercise that you're training as soon as they initiate the behavior that you want, that is the timing of the treat. So as soon as Charlie started to take a step backwards, I gave him the treat, but then I kept the treat at his nose. So he was kind of licking it as we were walking backwards. And then again, reward at the end of the exercise. And then we went straight into another repetition. 
Um, as I try this with my dog, she really wants to sit as I move towards her. Any advice or help um, for her to stay standing or walking? Um, yeah, this can happen. Um, and so you could, depending on the size of your dog, you could get on your knees and stick your hand in like underneath their belly and then have the treat on the other side of them. So you have the treat in front of their nose, one hand under their belly, and then you're moving them backwards that way. So that way you can keep them from sitting. Um, also, just remember, keep it positive. If they're sitting, don't get frustrated with them. As soon as they get up, reward them for that. Remember, Charlie was doing that for us a little bit where he was wanting to sit when we were training the three-leg stand. Um, and so I actually stopped the video. I spent a little time training him, and then I came back to film the rest of it. But it's very common because dogs know to sit in order to get a treat. So they think when you're teaching them a new exercise that sitting is what you want. So it's just a matter of a new learning for them that, oh, I'm learning something different. That's why the voice command and being consistent with what you're saying, backing up, backing up, backing up, they know that that's different than sit, okay? So it's just, again, the consistency of the verbal command, the timing of your reward when they initiate that behavior, and doing lots of repetitions, okay? Um, when I put the treat to his nose, he tries to snatch it before doing the exercise. <laughs> Yeah, that means, you know, your dog's smart. He wants the treat. Uh, here's where it might be useful to change to a licking type of reward as opposed to the eating reward like a biscuit. So you could switch to a Kong with the peanut butter so they have to lick it and they can't, you know, just take it away from your hand as you're training this exercise. Um, here's another question. If you're not sure how much an older dog hears, any tips for the verbal commands? Absolutely. So dogs are very in tune with the verbal command. Um, so you, your hand, um, I would turn it down, um, which is hard, hard for me to show you here, but like this, and backing up. So that could be the manual command um, for a deaf dog. I actually had a Dalmatian growing up who was completely deaf. And I have to tell you, I've never in my life, even now as a veterinarian, had a dog who knew more tricks than my Roomba was her name. Um, and she was completely deaf and it was all manual command. So it's just your hand gesture. So just, again, be consistent. Um, but yeah, so if you have an older dog who's deaf or a Dalmatian, they're genetically predisposed to deafness or any dog that's deaf, you don't need the verbal command. It's helpful, but you just use the same manual command. So, for example, um, a lot of people, for, for me, sit is this, you know, just raising my fingers is a sit for me. Um, this is stay. Uh, but for backing up, you can, again, turn your hand down and then move your hand backwards. So you can choose whatever uh, hand command you want as long as it's consistent. How many steps back is one rotation? That's a really good question. Um, I recommend if you're using a yoga mat, the length of the yoga mat. Um, but otherwise, you know, approximately um, six feet uh, is, a good, is good for one, one, one repetition to start. And then if you want to make it more challenging, it's kind of like the same as we talked about the other exercises. So the, the amount of time that they're walk, back, walking backwards could increase. So that's the distance, of course. So you could start with six feet, but then you could make it 10 feet, and then you're need, going to need outdoor space. So if you're in New York City in a tiny apartment, <laughs> but you could go out to your hallway or something like that. Um, but yes, it's always begin with a shorter amount, but then you can build and have them walk backwards for a longer period of time, a longer distance. But then again, always do three repetitions minimum, and you can always all build on the repetitions as well as they get good at it. Are these exercises still good for dogs with arthritis? 
For backing up, yes, actually, it's a great exercise for a dog with arthritis because they're just walking, but you're engaging different muscles because they're walking backwards. And it's particularly helpful for a dog that has hip arthritis because they atrophy the muscles behind their leg, the hamstrings and the gluteal muscles, which are the butt muscles. Those are the main muscles that atrophy in dogs with hip arthritis. So walking backwards is actually an appropriate exercise um, for a dog, particularly if they have hip arthritis. Okay, again, check with your veterinarian because I don't know the specifics about your dog, but yes, this would be generally an, uh, an appropriate exercise. Also, because they're, they're just walking, uh, it's just a different direction. Is it better to do these exercises when your dog is tired, such as after a walk? That's a really good question, and it, I think it really depends on, on the individual personality of your dog. So if you have a very... Uh, high energy dog, um, it might be better to do it after a walk. So they kind of get some energy out and they might focus better after the exercise. I think for an older dog or a dog who easily tires, I would do the exercise session first. Another good tidbit that I wanted to tell you is these exercises, um, if this is a strengthening session and I generally always recommend a warm up before you do a strengthening exercise. These are not that intense, um, but it is not a bad idea to warm up your dog by taking them for a leash walk. And it can be as short as five minutes to warm up their muscles. And then you even get a better workout for those muscles if they're already warmed up. Um, so as far as their, your dog's attention span, I'm going to leave that up to you and, and you know your dog's personality best. But if they have a lot of energy and they're hyperactive, taking them out for a walk is going to make them more focused for the exercise. And again, it's always a good idea to warm up your dog with a five to 10 minute walk before you do any kind of strenuous strengthening work uh, or intense cardiovascular work. What about stairs for exercise? Um, should we climb stairs, be cautious? How many can we do, etc.? I actually love stairs as an exercise, just as in people, um, you know, Walking upstairs or climbing stairs can be an absolutely fantastic exercise for increasing range of motion of joints. In fact, it's one of the PT exercises we do for a dog um, or for people actually as they're recovering from a total hip replacement. You're like, whoa, that's like an intense exercise to do stairs. So this is one I would say you definitely want to check with your veterinarian because there are a lot of medical conditions, um, arthritis or strains, sprains, where you would not want to do stairs. It's a common thing I tell people not to do for patients that are presenting to me. So you need to be careful with stairs. So that's one reason I did not include it in today's presentation. But if your dog is young and healthy, stairs are fantastic. Um, Again, recommend uh, that you use it only on traction flooring, so you don't want to be going up and down hardwood stairs. Uh, make sure they're carpeted stairs or they're outdoor stairs that are cemented because you never want your dog to lose the grip and the traction of their paw as they're doing those stairs. Is it okay to run between rooms on hardwood floors? <gasps> Great question, and the answer is no. <laughs> no running on hardwood floors, uh, particularly for dogs, because depending on the length of their nails and how grippy their paw is, dogs tend to slide. Uh, and it's a really common way that you can cause an injury uh, called an iliopsoas strain. I, I treat it a lot in my practice. Um, and it's when their back legs splays out. Um, I, I will admit, I will sometimes throw a toy for Charlie and he goes running after it 
But then when he's sliding on that hardwood floor, I'm like, oh no, he's going to have an injury. So uh, whenever you're playing with a toy and your dog is chasing a toy, a ball, uh, it really should always be on traction flooring. And actually, I will say that play activity, particularly now that we're in quarantine, it's more important that you warm up your dog for that type of activity than the exercises I'm showing you today. Uh, the exercises I'm showing you today are fairly static exercises, so it's very unlikely your dog would become injured by doing them. But when a dog is chasing something, it's very uncontrolled movement, um, and it also requires a lot of cardiovascular strength to do that. And much more likely your dog will become injured. So if you're going to be doing an exercise like play fetch, you definitely want to take your dog out for a walk first and warm them up because when the muscle is warmed up, it's less likely to be injured than if your dog's been laying on the couch and you come home and the first thing you do is you start throwing the ball for them. Uh, it's not a great time to exercise them because they've been laying around for a long time. So in fact, doing a couple sit-to-stands will actually get them warmed up and then maybe throw the toy for them uh, or take them out for a leash walk for five to 10 minutes. Um, but this is such a wonderful question. Um, here's another question. My dog zoom, zoom, zoom uncontrollably. <laughs> I know I love the zoomies. That's a very happy dog for sure. Um, might have to throw down some runners. Yeah, good idea. Good idea. Yeah. You know, dogs when they get excited, yeah, they'll just zoom around and spin and, um, uh, very important that that be on traction flooring, definitely. I've had a lot of dogs present to me that, yeah, they were doing the zoomies and then they started limping. So we want to avoid that if possible. Can you recommend if there is a safe sock, booty, or adhesive surface that you can put on your dog's feet that would help them at all if you have hardwood floors? Sure. Yoga mats are one of my favorites because there are a lot of devices you can put on your dog's feet but there's a lot of negatives to those things. Um, for one, uh, you can get an infection in the paw if, if you cover it a lot. And a dog's paw is dirty, uh, and it also can create moisture when you cover it with a booty. So it's not something that I would want your dog to be wearing indoors for any length of time. So changing the flooring is better, actually. Uh, and I can appreciate because I have hardwood floors, and you saw I laid down a yoga mat when I did the exercises with Charlie. Um, so that's my top preference because you can roll it up and put it away if you have, you know, when this quarantine is over and you can have guests over for a dinner party, you know, you can just put those yoga mats away. Um, they also sell these gym mats that are like puzzle pieces uh, for like children's play gyms. Those are also pretty nice because they they're cushiony and they have um, a nice traction to them and you can also put those away. They Also, I like yoga mats and the and the gym puzzle pieces because you can clean them easily. In fact, you can put a yoga mat in your washing machine um, if you wanted to um, versus carpet. You know, it's kind of harder to keep clean. But as far as what you can actually put on your dog's paws, probably my favorite is a product called Toe Grips. Uh, Toe Grips is made um, by a friend and colleague of mine called Dr. Bugsby. Um, she is a certified acupuncturist. And these are little rubber nail gri grips that you can put on their nails. So it actually doesn't cover the entire paw, but it does increase their traction on the floor. So you can try that. It's still not as good as laying down flooring, but it will help the traction. Um, and then there's a variety of other booties that I'm not going to go into right now. But again, suffice to say, I prefer that you change the flooring than putting something on their actual paw. 
we're going to do our last video here, which is going to be, um, you, I call it standing up, um, but we can also call it a dancing exercise. Um, so this is, again, taking up the challenge here. So here we go. We just taught Charlie another brand new exercise that he's never known before. This is a very good strengthening exercise for the hind limbs. Helps to extend the hips, so it's particularly good for the gluteal muscles, which are your butt muscles, uh, and in general to extend the spine as well. This is not an exercise you want to do for a dog that has back problems or has any injuries in the back leg. So I'm going to show you how we're doing this for Charlie, okay? Come on, Charlie. Here Go forward. Ready? Up. extending the hips there and he's holding that posture hold it as long as you can and then give him a rest good boy ready let's do it again come on good boy ready up 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 yes good boy good boy yes 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 and you can even dance with your dog like this if they'll let you <laughs> you can hold their legs and move them back and forth or side to side that's a little bit more challenging let's do it one more time Charlie for our three repetition up Good boy, Charlie, fantastic. So you want those feet steady. This is an isometric exercise, meaning that he's not moving almost like a yoga pose, where he's holding that steady. Excellent job. Good boy, always reward when they finish their exercise to let them know they've been a good boy. Yes, excellent job, guys. Um, so yeah, you could see that Charlie did not want to dance. So I didn't push that aspect of it. Um, and again, you witness, got to witness him learning a brand new exercise. I actually trained Charlie not to ever jump up on people. So he was quite confused about why all of a sudden now I want him to jump up on. Me. <laughs> um, but again, you know, dogs are so, you know, they're just so eager to please uh, their owner uh, that he learned it and he was rewarded for it. Um, and so now, of course, Charlie wants to jump up on me. You know, that's the negative <laughs> that I'm dealing with. Um, yeah, this exercise is very challenging. Um, if you wanted to modify this exercise, you could have them put their front feet up on something that's lower. Um, so you could do a step, for example, if you have... Um, a little step that you might use to get up to like high cabinets just again make sure that it's tractioned uh, or you can do it on stairs so you can have them put their feet up on just one level of sta steps or go up to the second level of the steps so the higher the elevation the more you're leaning the weight into the back legs so it's a greater strengthening exercise for the back legs but also more challenging particularly for the lower back which is why i absolutely do not recommend this if your dog has back problems however as a preventative strengthening exercise it's great to prevent back problems because it's going to strengthen those muscles um, again the higher the elevation the more weight is going to go into the rear legs and so it's more strength um, if you have them reach forward they will get more extension in their hips which works the gluteal muscles more and the back muscles and also gets a lot of extension in their hips which is something dogs as they age they lose hip extension so any exercise you can train your dog early in life to extend their hips is a really great idea
Might you see signs of sore muscles when you start these, um, like I do at the gym? Oh my gosh, Angela, thank you for asking that question. It's an excellent question, and the answer is yes, most definitely. Whenever you do a new exercise, you're working new muscle groups, and you can absolutely be sore. I might recommend as you begin to try these exercises with your dog to just start one. For example, sit to stance doing squats. I can tell you that the first time I did a lot of squats in a row, I was sore the next day. <laughs> so um, if your dog is hasn't done any of these exercises, just start with one at a time before you do them all in a series. Um, as I said, you can do this as a full workout, all one right after the other. But that might be quite intense for a dog that's never done these before. Um, so if you want to avoid that soreness, just introduce one at a time. Now, how do you know when your dog is injured versus they're sore? I don't, I don't think that question was asked, but I'm going to address that because I think that that's an important thing for you to understand. So if your dog is wanting to sleep more and is getting up a little bit stiff, but never holding up the leg and still behaviorally, like they're energetic, they want to eat the same, you know, they're otherwise 100%. Muscle soreness is typically going to peak 24 to 48 hours after a workout. You probably know this yourself from going to the gym. If your dog is still reluctant to move after that 48-hour period, then I'd worry that they're actually injured um, or if they're actually holding up a leg and, and you know, skipping or, you know, not putting that leg down, then that's an injury. But soreness um, from a workout of your muscles just typically presents, like, think about yourself, you're just maybe like a little slow to get up, um, but you still move around. And that actually can even get better with a little bit of a walk, they kind of warm up out of it. Um, but but that would not be unusual to be sore after you initially introduce these. Um, let's see. Um, I have another question here. My dog got frustrated, jumped on the couch, and started barking uncontrollably. <laughs> you know what that means is that your dog didn't understand what you wanted them to do. Um, so, again, keep it positive. Don't give up. Give them a break if they seem frustrated. Give them a break. Come back to it later. Um, another question here. Our two toy dogs, Havanese, uh, walk on their own on their back legs without support. Is this okay? Yeah, I think if your dog doesn't have any injuries to their back legs, they're basically doing that dancing exercise on their own. You know, I was assisting Charlie when he stood up. I held his, his front feet. But you can absolutely train this exercise for a dog to get up on their hind feet and then hold it up. Amazing, amazing core strengthening exercise and hind limb strengthening exercise. And if your dog is able to do this and they're not sore afterwards and they don't have any things like a patellar luxation, like the kneecap pops out of place or an ACL injury in their knee, um, because those would be no-nos um, to do this exercise. But yeah, I think it's okay for your Havanese as long as they are healthy and don't have any injuries. And again, a really great exercise for a core, back, um, and hind limb strengthening. These are good exercises for people, too. Uh, yeah, a lot of the exercises I showed you today, like the three-leg stand, um, the walking backwards, you know, you could, you could jog, try to jog backwards. You'll get quite an amazing workout out of that. Uh, squats are a great exercise for you, too. So, yeah, anyway, I'm not a human doctor, so I'm not allowed to give you that kind of advice. But, yes, <laughs> my dog is overweight but can't walk much due to some foot problems. Um, he's on a diet but needs to burn some calories. What exercises would give us the best bang for our buck? So that's a really good question. 
the exercises I showed you today, because they're strengthening exercises, the muscles burn a lot of calories when you do strengthening exercises. So the sit to stand is fantastic. If your older dog that's overweight, um, it has a lot of arthritis, maybe avoid that particular one. Walking backwards is a really good one for a bang for your buck because you can walk a much shorter distance, but you burn more calories because it's an eccentric exercise. So that's a really good one to burn calories with not a lot of time um, and less distance than you would in a, you know, walking forwards. If you can't take your dog for a short leash walk to warm up, what do you recommend? You can actually just walk them around your apartment uh, or walk them in the hallway. Um, you don't need to go outside. Um, so you can literally walk in circles around your dinner table if you wanted to and just time it for five minutes. I'll tell you that this exercise routine that you just learned today is something really wonderful that you can keep up even when you go back to work. So don't forget to spend that quality time with your dog. Um, you can do these exercises, just pick a couple, and it could just be five minutes, but that five minutes where you're focused with your dog and you're rewarding them is just fantastic for their mental stability and their physical wellness. A lot of dogs with anxiety um, are actually not getting appropriate exercise. So do this exercise routine even when you go back to work and it will help to reduce their anxiety. Um, I Here's another question. I will paw target the arm of my couch because my dog will knock me down. Ha <laughs> ha. That's great. Yeah. So um, I love uh, target as a command to treat a dog because you can teach so many exercises from them when they can target it. You can begin by targeting with the nose. And then once they learn that, you can move on to targeting the feet. And it's really fantastic for learning exercises. How many reps and how long to count for the dance? Um, I would do no more than five. Um, actually, when you first begin to dance, maybe just three steps. So three steps back, three steps to the left side three steps to the right side, and then come down, uh, and then work your way up to five. So whenever you're starting exercises, three to five repetitions is a, is a good place to start. What is the best way to warm up for a dog who can't go on a leash walk because they are quarantined in the city? I don't want to walk my dog on a leash in the apartment because I don't want to get his hopes up about going outside. Oh, uh, we only get a couple of times a week. Uh, I understand, and that's a good question. Um, as I said, some of these exercises are actually appropriate for warming up your dog. Um, so sit to stand is the next, like I have, a, I treat a lot of sporting dogs. And a good way to warm up the muscles is to do a few of these exercises. So you could just do some, a, a couple of sit-to-stands, a couple of push-ups, and that, that actually is a warm-up. And then if you wanted to do the fuller session where it's more cardiovascular, then you do more of these exercises in a row. You have longer hold times, more repetitions. But just as a quick warm-up, um, you know, now they're recommending in people, then rather than stretching, you want to do dynamic exercises. So like doing jumping jacks is better than doing a stretch. Um, so you can look at these in the same way. Like, you know, you're just doing a couple of push-ups and that's your warm-up before you go into the full exercise routine. So if, if it doesn't appeal to you to put a leash on your dog and do circles around your dining room table, which I understand, um, then just do a couple of these exercises exercises as the warm-up. My dog had patellar luxation surgery a few years ago. Uh, are all of the exercises okay for him? So no. Um, the sit-to-stand exercise can be very challenging for a dog with patellar luxation because the knee goes into full flexion and that can cause the patella to pop out of place. So I would recommend you check with your vet before the sit-to-stand. Um, same for the down-to-stand. Three-leg stand is okay for patellar luxation. Three-leg stand is absolutely fine for that. Walking backwards is excellent for patellar luxation. 
I would avoid the standing up exercise. So for patellar relaxation, really the only two I would recommend is the three leg stand and the walking backwards. Somebody said, Charlie really loved his workout. I agree. <laughs> he seemed to really enjoy catching on to the new commands. A great way to exercise both the mind and the body. I agree. And in fact, when I was preparing this, I realized um, how beneficial it was for both of us. It made me happy uh, and it made him happy as well. So I think if you try some of these with your dogs, I hope that in addition to giving uh, good exercise and strengthening for your dog, that it will give you joy um, because I know these times are difficult for us. But I think bonding with your dog in a positive way like this can really be beneficial for, for, for both parties. How do you get them to initially get it of each of these exercises? It's the timing of the reward. That's how they get it. Um, so I like saying yes, or if you get a clicker, the clicker. Um, it's the timing of the reward that they know that that's what you wanted them to do. So um, that's how you do that. It's not just repetition. It's everything I said. It's consistency in the verbal command you use and the manual command that you use. But most importantly, it's the timing of the reward that they get it. They're like, oh, that's what you wanted me to do because they were rewarded. Positive reinforcement is the best way to train a dog. There is a website called Fit for Paws. And they actually sell a variety of equipment. I do a lot of this for my patients. I didn't want to bring equipment today because a lot of you don't have equipment at home. But if you go for Fit for Paws USA, I think it's called, um, you can purchase things like Fit Bones and a lot of different exercise equipment for your dog to increase the challenge. And they'll come with a booklet with the ideas of a lot of exercises. So if you purchase a Fit Bone, um, it's called, yeah, it's just Fit, F I. T and then bone, B-O-N-E, um, a fit bone will come with a pamphlet of suggested exercises. Thank you guys. And if you have any questions, again, feel welcome to reach out um, to AMC and our um, departmental email is rehab.team at amcny.org. Uh, you can schedule appointments that way or ask any additional questions. Thank you so much, everybody. All right, and that concludes our Juno report for today. And I hope you enjoyed this wonderful presentation on exercising with your dog with Dr. Lalani Alvarez from the Animal Clinic in uh, New York City. You've been listening to the Juno Report, brought to you by Guide Dog Users Incorporated, a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. The Juno Report is a monthly audio magazine featuring all things guide dogs, training programs, and items of general interest to guide dog teams. We welcome your feedback, ideas, and suggestions. Get in touch with the Juno Report by emailing junoreport at guidedogusersinc.org. Again, that email address is juno, J-U-N-O, report at guidedogusersinc.org. Until next month, this is Deb Cook-Lewis with the Juno Report saying, be good to your dog.